want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. Jenny was here. Got a question for you. How much do you think one's background, like growing up in a military family and living in multiple countries, influences their approach to entrepreneurship and leadership? I have a lot to say about this. In fact, I will answer this question in the outro, <laughs> in the outro of this show. But anyway, not about me. Let's go back here. So we are excited to get this question answered. We are excited to find out the answer to this question with the founder and CEO of Transcend Translation and Rosie Network alumni, Kyle Adair. Kyle's mantra to building an amazing company culture goes as such, care like I care. Actually, Kyle, I just realized this, but care rhymes with your last name, Adair. Adair and care. So I'm Kyle Adair and I care. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. A little humor for the morning. I am very fortunate to be speaking with Kyle to hear about his experiences living in various places around the world due to his military background, not just his own, but even his father's. His, his father was also in the military and you'll hear about that here. When he served in the army and was deployed to Iraq, he helped manage interpreters and develop skills to communicate cross-culturally, not realizing how this short-term assignment would lead to something greater later on. After leaving the military, he worked for various companies before getting into the language translation industry. He was a co-owner of a translation company. Then he eventually leaves to start Transcend Translation. Reflecting the fast growth of his two-year-old company, Kyle emphasizes building a strong company culture where employees feel that they contribute and care, like Kyle Adair, <laughs> about the work. <laughs> so Kyle, it's a pleasure having you on the show. Of course, to our listeners, if you want to look him up while you are listening to this conversation, go ahead and check out the show notes of this episode on your preferred podcasting app. I know for Apple Podcasts, you just kind of scroll up like this, you know, start from the bottom and like scroll up and then you'll see the show notes. For everyone else who is not familiar with a podcast app, I highly recommend that you open up a browser or if you're on desktop, open up a browser either way and go to holdingonthefortpodcast.com in the search bar in the very top. You can go ahead and put in the numbers 159. That's episode 159 for Kyle. And from there, you'll be able to read more about him and also get all of his contact information. So Kyle, it's a pleasure, pleasure having you on this episode episode is ad-free. This conversation is ad-free thanks to my company here at US Vet Wealth. We are a boutique financial firm that specializes in financial services for military retirees. So if you are, you know, three to five years out from transition and you're starting to think about what, you know, your next leg of life is going to look like and you want to make sure that you have a smooth financial transition to post-military life, 
We would love to speak with you. You can talk to us for 15 minutes and just do a quick inquiry call or a quick audit of your finances. We're happy to do all that for free. Just go to usvetwealth.com and learn more on how to do that. Or of course, check out the show notes of this episode. But the website is usvetwealth.com. That is spelled U-S-V-E-T as in veteran, U-S-V-E-T wealth.com. And yeah, so thank you to US Vet Wealth. Thank you to my company, to my husband, to my team for making all of this possible and for funding the show, funding Holding Down the Fort to begin with to make it possible. And stick around after the outro music to hear me answer the question because I felt like answering it just now. How much do you think one's background like growing up in a military family and living in multiple countries influences their approach to entrepreneurship and leadership? I am in the mood of answering that question in the outro. So until then, enjoy this conversation with Kyle and I'll talk to you soon. Enjoy. All right. So today we have Kyle Adair with us. Kyle, welcome to Holding Down the Fort. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yes. I always like to open up now, at least since season seven, with an icebreaker question. So I have a deck of cards in front of me and I'm just going to pull out one question for you. And I think this will be a fun way to kind of kick us off. So, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Oh, wait, no. See this one? I already asked someone this. So let me just kind of here. So go again. I'm going to keep going. No whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Stop. <laughs> okay. 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 Here's a question for you, Kyle. Were you popular in school? And if so, explain. And if not, explain. <laughs> uh, yes. Yes, I was. It seems like weird to like say, like, are you popular in school? It's like, oh, yeah. But yes, I, I was actually, my high school is London High School, which is near Fort Sill, Oklahoma. If any artillery people ever made it around those neck of the woods in the army, they would know about that. Or Marines also go there as well, too. But yeah, I went to Lawton High School and I was actually Mr. LHS. And so there's a lot of different things. It was basically a beauty show for guys. Okay. I say that jokingly, but there's like a talent portion to get to the top. I think it was eight or 10 people. You had to like do fundraising and some other things as well, too. Wow. And all of that went to, you know, like I was, let's see, it was the junior class that I got represented by but it, it was like soccer team football team everybody had a, t- a person that they had as a representative they got selected it. got it and then that person would try to raise funds for them and then if you were one of the top eight or ten i can't remember then you went on to like the talent show the all the other rigmarole stuff that you go along with it yeah so, but yeah yeah i would say i would say so a little bit so that was like pageantry for men. <laughs> it's kind of what yeah, it sounds like. I laugh. That sounds really bad. But I mean, you got, you know, Ryan Breeze, our Johnny football star, you know, kind of thing. You had lots of other people in it from all over. And so it was a whole rigmarole, which I don't know, it was just a, it was a fun time, actually. It was really, really, it was fun preparing for it and, and getting ready for it and just built a, a great uh, friendship with those people that were all involved with it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad I asked that question because I feel like I would have, <laughs> I obviously would have never known that about you. But like, you know, having talked to you in these recent weeks, I would say, I kind of feel like that makes a lot of sense that you seem very personable and sociable. And so being able to explain this part of your past is like, okay, I can see that. I can see that for Kyle. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Kyle, I'm Incredibly excited to speak with you today. For our listeners that are joining us for the first time, Holding Now the Forts for Season 7 has partnered up with the Rosie Network to, you know, feature cohort members, um, services CEO, and, you know, people who have generally been involved with the Rosie Network. And so I'm really grateful to be speaking with Kyle today, who I think your journey is incredibly impressive. Your last two years of your life have been 
amazing. The fact that you've been able to run a very successful business to the point where you get to travel, you get to play golf. Like, you know what? Let me just have you share this. Why don't you share like the last two weeks of your life? Like if you were to give us a snapshot of what's been going oh, on with geez. you, like like tell our audience about this. Last. <laughs> Last two weeks of my life, you mentioned golf. Yeah. So we chatted last. I was down in St. George, Utah, visiting some family down there, had a um, a cousin's wedding that I was down there for, but went out golfing with my dad, had a good time, mm-hmm. got back from that and that first Monday and then was in a, another golf tournament that I had to. It makes me laugh because I, I say it's like, you know, it makes it sound like I want like the PGA tour or whatever, <laughs> but I like the golf and I like to get out when I can. And especially when it has an opportunity for networking, getting to know other business owners, other founders, it's always a great time because there's lots to learn from each other in that aspect. So I had that, but the the past month has just been a whirlwind. My wife and I went to Alaska. We went to St. George. We went to Wyoming. I feel like there's somewhere else that I'm missing, but yeah, I've been traveling quite a bit. I'm actually looking forward to not traveling <laughs> and all <laughs> Two weeks from now, I'll be in uh, Zion's National Park with some people and we're going to be doing some hiking. So that should be really fun. But I'm glad to say that'll be the last of my like true ventures, at least for the summertime. But summer's almost done. Get the kids back in school and get to uh, hopefully back to a little bit of normal life. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing. I feel like the only people who don't like traveling are the ones who like travel too much. Like my husband or not my husband, my best friend, he travels for a living and he's all like, I don't wish it upon anyone because you're just gone all the time. And then you have to deal with jet lag and all the things. But obviously you're, you were doing it out of like leisure and it sounds like networking and all that. And now you're kind of like, okay, I'm just ready to take it easy. I'm ready to take it easy. And, you know, as, as a military, like having grown up as a military kid myself, I never really had like the travel bug. And I think it's because we moved around a lot when I was a kid, but you know, maybe later in life, I'll consider it. <laughs> well, I mean, my like I mentioned to you, my dad, he was in the Marines for 24 years. And so we grew up literally all over the world. And yeah. I've seen a lot and I enjoy to keep on going and keep traveling things. But there's some avid travelers that are like, I got to get out. I got to fly this. I got to do that. I'm hopefully going to live for many, many more moons. And so, uh, I, you know, we're just taking it easy, enjoying it. We've got three kids, somewhat little kids. And so we're just trying to give them great experiences and enjoy the journey. Yeah, I think that's amazing what you're doing for them. And I think that, you know, your life in even the last month feels very fitting for what you do in your business. Transcend translation. I got to tell you, it's hard to say that five times fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we sometimes just call ourselves TT, there you, go. you know, translation. So. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, considering that you have this history of having traveled around a lot, like, you know, being raised in the military to, you know, where you're at today and having served yourself and, I think it seems very fitting, you know, your lifestyle matched with, you know, this business you have created. And again, and it fascinates me how you have been running this for the last two years to the point where it's really grown successfully to the point where you can have this dream lifestyle as we're talking about. And so um, I'd love to backtrack a little bit because I know that you served in the military and there was one particular role that you had in your service that you didn't really think would actually help you to what you're doing today. So tell us a little bit about that story and how that translated to your civil, to what you do now. Yeah. So I, I went through Army ROTC, ended up being an officer in the Army. My dad forgave me because he was in the Marine. So <laughs> it, it all worked out. He said, okay, they're giving you free college. I don't have to pay for anything. Okay. I'm good with it. You know, there you go. he's quick to forgive in that aspect. But ultimately, yeah. So I was a second lieutenant and reached my first duty station in Fort Hood, Texas. 
And then, and it was part of the first cab and we were getting ready. I mean, I showed up and then it was like, hurry, we're leaving in about three, almost four months on a deployment. So <laughs> get going, you know, <laughs> the odd thing is I was a field artillery officer. I was put in charge of an infantry platoon and a scout unit, which was, again, there's a lot of odd things going on there. Anyways, we go on our first deployment. We're in Kirkuk, Iraq area, going on missions or like that, but uh, pretty quickly, my commander and everybody else, I lived down in Argentina for a couple of years, obviously picked up Spanish and I'm still fluent in Spanish mm-hmm. today. And so I love talking. There's plenty of people in the military that are fluent in Spanish, you know, mm-hmm. wherever they came from, or maybe just their parents are of Hispanic descent. And so they speak Spanish in their homes. And so I love talking with my soldiers, other soldiers, anybody in Spanish, keep trying to keep up with my Spanish a little bit more as well, too. And my commander kind of recognized that. And, and among all the other little hats. I was the QRF, the, the quick reaction course leader. Also, we were a mortar platoon unit as well on top of that. I had that. And then I had a, a fist team, so a fire support team as well too. So there's lots of different hats that I was wearing mm-hmm. over and among just other smaller jobs. But then one of the things that came up was he said, hey, someone's got to you know help all our interpreters that go out on all these missions. And we had about 18 different interpreters mm-hmm. assigned to us. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, we want you. You're good with languages. I mean, sure, I guess maybe. <laughs> like one. <laughs> so they said, you're good with languages. Why don't you be in charge of with all the interpreters? Yeah. So I said, okay, great. Had some great friendships there. Got to know them very well. Got to understand their skill sets a little bit more. And who personality-wise, who uh, skill-wise matches up with the right platoon leaders and the missions that they're doing and things like that. So got to help out with that, which was kind of fun and, and truly manage interpreters over in a combat uh, situation. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty incredible stuff. And when you had transitioned out of the military, I know that you mentioned that you were already kind of in business for yourself and in the civilian world for about eight years, I think, before you started your business. So what what led you to even starting this company to begin with? Yeah. If you don't mind, I'm going to go back just a little bit more because yeah. I feel like it's maybe it might resonate with some people as well, too, if they're thinking about it or, or trying to understand like how that transitioned from the military. So yeah. I'll start. So my dad was in the Marines. Mm-hmm. We lived all over. I lived in Japan for three years. I, through my church, I went on a, a mission down to Argentina for two years. That's how I picked up Spanish. Mm-hmm. And then on deployments, I went on two different deployments over to Iraq for about a year apiece. And so a couple of years there. So I'd kind of been, in a sense, all over the world, very different cultures, yeah. very different languages. And I really enjoyed those experiences. When I transitioned from the military, I started working for a Fortune 500 company yeah. as a what they call an advanced management partner. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing that. We had a lot of success. Things went very, very well. Some great leadership that I had, which was fantastic. But also, I knew I was definitely contributing to the team and, and got promoted. And that's what I eventually moved us out here to Salt Lake City, Utah, where, where we're still at. Mm-hmm. After some time, I just realized it was not the company that I wanted to work for. Hours kept on getting longer and longer, 55, 60 hours a week kind of stuff. And I just thought, this isn't what I imagined. You know, they're paying me decently, but at the same time, I want to be around my kids. I want to be around my family. So I wanted to make a career change and say, okay, I'm going to do something else. And one of my friends said, hey, you've talked to my other friend. I think you guys would really get along. Well, his other friend happened to own and start started a language translation company. Mm-hmm. And so anyways, I wasn't like super interested. I just kind of talked to them. And then he was very eager saying, hey, come run our sales department. Come do this. Come do this. Come do this. So finally, I just said, okay, great. But you got to make me a partner. He said, okay, we'll make it happen. So anyways, we did that. And then I got into the translation space. At that point, it was probably six months into working there. 
like I'll never forget the epiphany that I had that one, I realized I don't hate my job. In fact, I've been here all six months and usually, you know, new jobs you get really excited about, but eventually more wears off. It wasn't wearing off. I was really enjoying it, learning some different skill sets as well, too, on top of that. And just to give you people an idea, you know, when we say language translation, everybody thinks like, oh, you do translation yourself. I can't even pass our translation <laughs> test. I'm bilingual. It's a very different skill to be a translator or an interpreter, mm -hmm. very hard skill sets in that aspect. But ultimately, I work with companies that need support, need help to translate into who knows how many different languages. Mm -hmm. You know, one company that I worked with, Indeed, which I think most people know, like the job search company, mm -hmm. we were doing the 96 different languages. So quite a bit. Yeah. So I help those organizations. But I realized, you know, six months into it, I'm going, wait a second, like, I enjoy going to work every day. When I was in the military, and not to knock it, maybe other people have had different experiences than me. When I decided, hey, I was going to get out, there was probably usually three days a week that I was like, man, I don't want to be doing this. This is, not, this is not, I like the PT. I like the camaraderie. I sometimes like the work, but there's just too much kind of politics mm. and other not fun stuff going on. And so for me, that's when I recognized I needed to transition. And then on the other side, I realized I was like, man, with my experience of living all over the world, very different cultures, yeah. understanding, understanding that communication is so pivotal and so key especially during my time in Iraq, if an interpreter messed up on interpreting something, it can literally be a life or death situation. Mm -hmm. And so I realized all these things had led up to being in this industry that I thought, yeah, like I'm built for this. This is what I made, for, you know? And so that kind of epiphany really just like took over at that point. And I just thoroughly enjoyed the industry, the companies that I worked for. It was a great company where I was at but decided my partner, I had some differences of opinions on some things and I ended up deciding to leave mm -hmm. and then do consulting work for other language translation companies. And then when I realized, why aren't these companies implementing more of what I'm saying? I said, forget it. Why don't I just create my own company and go make it happen? And so that really helped me kind of take that next step to go do that. And it wasn't so much of, hey, I'm right and they're wrong. Yeah, It was more along the lines of, Actually, I, I wanted to start my own company at some point. Mm -hmm. In fact, the reason why I started doing consulting work was because I was like, I don't want to work full time. I want to figure out and like figure out how I'm going to do my company and do all this other stuff. And then on a spiritual note, I felt like I got an answer from God mm -hmm. that said, I don't need to start a company. And so I was like, oh, okay. And so at that point, I actually took on a VP of sales role for another language translation company. Mm -hmm. And then I was there for about nine months. And I'll never forget just sitting at my desk and felt like, I heard God speak to me and just say, hey, it's time. <laughs> I'm like, time for, he's like, time to start that company, that yeah. translation company. I'm like, but like nine months ago and yeah, nope, it's time. Yeah. So he was preparing yeah, you. And, he was preparing you. Yeah. He was yeah. preparing me. And, and I realized too, what did I learn in that nine months? You know, I, I think, you know, again, being a religious person, a Christian that for me, it just really came down to there was things to learn. Mm -hmm. And I think I understand a little bit more. My ambitions of starting a company before were more based around like, hey, I want to go make a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. I want to be in charge. All these things that I think most people think of. And by that point, nine months later, I realized my ambitions were very different. I yeah. wanted to create an amazing cult, uh, company culture that people thoroughly enjoyed being there. And they're like, great. I'm, how I felt like I'm looking forward to the challenges today. Yeah, it's going to be some hard work, but I get to build relationships, get to know people, get to help people. This is great. And so I wanted to build an amazing culture like that. Mm -hmm. 
on the other side, I wanted to pay our employees at a very fair share compared to the industry, mm. which we've all able to do as well, too. And so it was more of a giving mindset that I had, I feel like compared to I want this stuff, it was I want to be able to share somehow. And I feel like in a lot of different ways with our businesses, been able to do that. Uh, just recently, I was able to give a pay raise uh, to one of our employees, able to do a pay raise a little while ago with another employee. So for me, I want to share and give as much as I can with the organization because our success is their success as well, too. It's not just solo mine. So so long story with that, but I feel like as I look at my whole kind of history and what led up to it, it very much makes sense of where we're at and, and what's going on, too. Yeah, I think it's great that you stayed in the VP of sales for a couple of months until God was like, OK, you're ready. You're ready to start this company. And you yeah. had and you started it all for the right reasons. You started it with, you know, that heart of service and knowing that you want to create this very fun, enjoyable company culture. And it's just very interesting to think about, like, like for me, I, I kind of want to go back to when you transitioned out of the military and you were an employee for a number of years because, you know, it takes a certain mental shift, you know, to go from having worked at a Fortune 500 company to, you know, running your own company. So I'm curious, like, if we can just go back there really quick. Yeah. What was your transition story? If you can recall, like, you know, from getting out of the military to getting into that job, did you jump into that job right away or what was that process for you? Yeah, jumped into it. It was just a, a military recruiting service, you know. And so I just said, hey, I'm going to be transitioning out of the military. For me, probably one of the light bulbs that turned on for me when I was in the military, mm -hmm. there was definitely good reasons to stay, but there's also good reasons to leave. Yeah. And one of the things that actually comes to mind, in fact, I was just talking just a, a bunch of people on our street over and a, a new family that moved in and he's former military as well, mm -hmm. former army. And so we were just sitting there around the campfire, roasting marshmallows and just all chatting with the family and the kids. It was a great time last night, but it, it reminded me of the story of why I got out. Cause I asked him, why did you get out? Mm -hmm. And he asked me the same thing. And for me, I'll never forget when my S3, so our major, he said, Hey Kyle, I need to, you know, I need you to do this assignment. It's going to take like two months or something like that. I'm going, sir, I've got, already, I'm already wearing like five hats, yeah. like no kidding, five hats. And you got Captain Mohammed over here. <laughs> Sorry to name drop him if he, if he's actually listening, but <laughs> you got Captain Mohammed over here. And I'm a first lieutenant at the time. So Captain Wahala's higher ranking. Mm -hmm. He's got one job. And that's like one of the easiest jobs. Mm -hmm. Like, just have him do it. I'm swamped. He's like, yeah, I can't do that. Like, Captain Muhammad, he's incompetent. And you're extremely competent. And that's why I want you to do it. Because I know I don't have to think about it. I don't have to double check your work. I don't have to do anything. Like, you're just going to get it done. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And that's why I love working with you, Kyle. And I was like, thanks. But it's still just adding on more work. Yeah. And it just really hit me in my mind that I'm like, wait a minute, if I'm going to do all this stuff and do a really good job and people trust me and they want to work with me, like, I think I should get paid for it. Like, I was yeah. literally thinking, Captain Muhammad gets paid more money than I do, but he has less responsibility just because he, you know, I wouldn't say dumb, dumb, but it's just like people <laughs> don't want his work. You know, they don't want his work. They want my work. Yeah. And so that really like rang true to me of one more reason of why I was like, yeah, I think it's better that I transition from the military and go into the civilian world. Yeah. And so, and then uh, had that recruiting service and then oh, <laughs> kind of a, yeah, it's a funny story itself, but I'll, I'll move on from that. But, and then that's how I found out. And I had a couple, uh, I had like four different job offers mm -hmm. and decided to take that one. It was a company called Cintas, which is a fortune 500 company. And 
and decided to go that direction and then ended up being there for two years. At that point, I was never thinking about starting a company. Yeah. It wasn't until I think for me is I realized the night and day difference because I had worked in government with, you know, the military. Mm -hmm. I'd worked in a big Fortune 500 company and they have what they call, you know, your policies, Mm -hmm. the lines, the rules that you have to follow. And I always have to get exception for some some of the rules. We ended up being the number one office in, in the country. And they're going, how are you doing it? And I'm like, well, there's some of these policies that aren't really great. And so I have to get exceptions to those and go do it. And they're like, okay, shh, but don't tell anybody else. I'm going, well, if it's working, why wouldn't we want to tell anybody else? I realized that I was fighting a lot of red tape, one in the military, and then also the same thing at Fortune 500. It wasn't until I got to a small, medium-sized business that I realized like there's less red tape. Mm-hmm. You have more, my partner and I, you know, he was just like, just go make it happen. Like, I don't even care how you do it. Like, just go make, you want to go hop on a flight tomorrow, go hop on a flight tomorrow. If you want to go do this, go do that. If you think this campaign will work out, go make it happen, mm-hmm. you know? And so we worked very well on that aspect of different ideas and just trying to implement and go make things happen. And I realized, man, I got a lot of flexibility to do in a sense what I want. And sometimes those things worked out and sometimes they didn't, you know, it's not like I got the Midas golden touch, but I think getting into small, medium sized business really helped me understand like, Hey, you could probably create something like this. Yeah. It still wasn't quite there yet. I thought I was going to stay there for a long time. I would say probably to this day, I would still be there if it wasn't for the difference of opinion that myself and my partner had that ultimately led me to go, yeah, I think I, I need to move on. Yeah. So, you know, talking about your military experience and how you were taking on more work than, you know, your rank and, you know, especially for the person higher than you and how they were taking on less work than you were to, you know, this first job you got out of the military to the job you worked at for about two years. And it seems like in all of those situations, you were learning about observing like what company culture look like in in all these different aspects. And so I imagine that with Transcend Translation, you must have like an international team, right? Because I imagine that all these interpreters that have to work with you, they're probably not all in your physical office. And so tell us about what that company culture looks like now that, you know, you are here running your own company. Yeah, I think it's really based around respect to one another Mm -hmm. and their professionalism. We, We didn't hire them because they don't know what they're doing all the way. Yeah, I think it's that just going, we know these people will be successful. The very first thing that I talk about in any of our interviews and the very first thing that's really, really clear is a mantra that I have that I've kind of created since then. It's care like I care. Mm. And I want every single employee here at Transcend to be able to say that. And they are able to say that very clearly and be able to say exactly what it is. It might mean nothing to anybody else, but care like I care is, is kind of what you think. I want you to care as much about your fellow coworkers. I want you to care about our clients. I want you to care about our different vendors. I want you to care about the office environment. I want you to care about the culture as much as I do. <laughs> I get you're not the CEO, but you need to own it just as much as I do. Yeah. And if people aren't okay with that, if they're like, ah, oh, but that's your job, that's, I'm just here to work. Yeah. I already know it's not going to be a good situation because mm-hmm. for me, I'm not looking for someone to punch in and then punch out and just be like, I did my time, you know, kind of thing. I don't work very well with those people. Yeah. I, in my years past, I realized people would bug you. Sometimes the same situation would happen with two different people. Mm-hmm. And on one person, it would bug the tar out of me. I'm going, why in the world is this? 
bugging me so much. And then another person, same situation, mm-hmm. doesn't bug me at all. And I'm going, what is the difference? And that's what I realized. And that's why it came with the mantra is the person that cared about it that said, ooh, I made a mistake. This is what I'm going to do to correct it. Should if I do this, I don't think that will happen in the future. People that care about it in that way, I can work with. People that bug me are, I made a mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Does it really matter? Doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to go home. You know, I'm, I, it's, I'm done for the day. Yeah. That bugs me. I, I'm not, not okay with that. And so very confident, very good people, people that really care, I work extremely well with. And I think that's why our clients and that's, I won't say I don't think, I know that's what our clients see a major difference is, is because we care and we're truly there to help them. And that doesn't mean you work a million hours a week. In fact, I'm very happy. I was actually before this messaging to a bunch of team members saying, hey, if you're done for the day, get off. (laughs) And we're talking, I mean, everybody else is listening right now. Maybe they're listening at night or whatever, but it's, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I'm all for people get off, go, go be with your family. There's going to be busy times and there's going to be slow times. No one's watching the clock here. Everybody's just like, Hey, let's go get our jobs done. Let's communicate. Well, let's make things happen. Yeah. I appreciate that kind of environment. Cause I think even for me being a self-employed person, you have part of the freedom of being self-employed is you, you can actively choose who you surround yourself with. And so when I tend to run into those types of people who are, let's say, more about complaining or not taking responsibility for certain things or just, you know, having that very nine to five, like clock in, clock out mindset. It's really, you know, it's hard for me to spend a lot of time, I think, with those types of people, because I just like, like, I love my life. I think my life is vibrant and alive and exciting and purposeful. And I feel like to be around that, and then I'm, I'm sure in your company, to have that in your company is almost like a cancer. Like, it just it just doesn't help the overall company morale. And and I'm sure it would reflect, you know, with your clients. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm just a big culture person because no one wants to stay at a job where they're not feeling like they contribute or that they just really matter. And I want to make sure the employees know that they all matter. And I know that they feel it. And that's the big deal. We actually just launched Transcend Your Community, which is, so Transcend Translation, name of our company, yeah. but Transcend Your Community, you know, we're giving resources, time, and, and we want everybody to be creative to go see how they can help the community. Mm-hmm. Whether that's you need some time off to go serve in a food kitchen or whether you have a neighbor or a widow in your neighborhood that needs some help, even financial help, we're open to all these different things. And so we just barely launched this and we're very excited to see kind of what different employees come back with, how they're helping in their own communities. Because we have people literally all over the globe working all over. Yeah. And it's very different of how they can help their community. And so I think that's better than, you know, hey, everybody gets a little bonus or something like that. It's more important because people want want substance in their life. Mm-hmm. And it's not about money. And the people that we're hiring, obviously money is important to most people, you know, mm-hmm. but they know it's not everything. They know that they want a better life is a, a life that you serve and you help other people and you get a lot more happiest that way than, you know, a new car all the time or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Funny I mentioned that. I was just watching a video about happiness uh, before this call. And part of happiness is doing something purposeful. And part of purpose is helping other people. So I really think it's amazing how you have incorporated that in your company to, you know, have your employees like give back to the community. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
So I have to ask you, um, I mean, clearly, like, you know, company culture is really important to you. And, um, you know, we mentioned that this company has been going on for about two years now, but there's a whole backstory that, you know, led to it. And one thing that I have learned about you is that you are, are a continuous student of life. You are con- a continuous student of your journey. And I know part of your journey as an entrepreneur was being part of the cohort program for the Rosie Network. So can you tell us a yeah. little bit about what that experience was like for you? Yeah, it was just great timing. I was just thinking, I know the military has different resources when it comes to starting a company. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit different than a lot of people that were in my my Rosie Network class, mm-hmm. a service to CEO, because most of them were transitioning from the military, trying to start mm-hmm. their business right out of the military. Mm-hmm. I was, I think I was the only one in our class that I'm like, hey, I've been in the civilian world for like eight years, yeah. you know? That was a little bit different, but I realized like, there's some business fundamentals that I think I'm doing, but maybe I'm not. So anyways, I found out about that program and I thought, hey, this is great. It was great because we went through the basics and those all definitely helped out. <laughs> but there's also some other things of just thinking through my plan a little bit more, having a presentation, being able to actually present that to people, have a really clear mission and goal of what we're looking for and who we're wanting to work with and really clear on the clients that we want to work with as well too. So all those things played a, a great factor. Still stay in contact with many of the people. Actually, today I had a, a phone call probably about three weeks ago with one of the graduates as well, too. And we stay in contact. He does AI stuff. And so uh-huh. anyways, I, I, it was just a really great, just like anything else in the mil- military, the camaraderie is, you know, it can't be beat in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting experience for you to join the Rosie Network eight years after having served <laughs> and kind of being the quote unquote old person in the group. You know, it's like uh, like a parent who decides to go back to school and like they're in a class with like all these 20 year old <laughs> kids, yeah. you know, and in that experience, in addition to the camaraderie you felt, was there anything else familiar that you experienced like being around these transitioning service members and I imagine military spouses who were trying to get their business off the ground for post-military life? Yeah, mm, that's a good question. Um yeah, like a feeling of like, this is familiar or like, like it's like a pleasant yeah. familiarity. You know what I mean? I think just, it was just fun to hear, you know, uh, military, I say, you know, lingo and acronyms and things like that. Yeah. And just hear those again, because where I live in Salt Lake City, I mean, we got a Hill Air Force Base that's about 45 minutes away. But <laughs> other than that, like you don't hear it as much mm. unless I'm talking to my old comrades in the military, you know, that. So it's just nice to hear that familiarity. Definitely, there was a handful of people that they grew up in the military as well, mm. too. So similar backgrounds, similar stories. It was funny. I will I'll actually say I was probably one of the younger people in our group, actually. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, just just so anybody that's listening, Jen, with, was us, with us here, like it's not too late to start up a company. It's not too late Love to it. figure it out because I thought, oh, man, I'm about to turn 40. I'm 41 now, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm about to turn 40. What am I doing? I'm starting my own company. <laughs> like, what? Whoa. And it, for me, it just came down to, I was like, well, I, I want to go learn and grow. Yeah. And it's not always about money. So mm-hmm. let's go on this venture. Let's see what happens. And there was many people in that Rosie class with me, Rosie Network class, that were older than I were. Mm-hmm. And they were trying to figure out, like, they actually were retiring from the military and they were still trying mm-hmm. to figure out, like, what steps for them. 
and they decided to go start their own companies or do contracting work or whatever else they're going to be doing. Yeah, I appreciate that drive for you to continue to want to grow and learn and, you know, like live a life of purpose. And I'm sure a lot of that has to do with being Christian. And as a fellow Christian myself, I can sense this like a sense of duty and a sense of like, you know, you are here in this world for a reason kind of thing. So yeah. it, it obviously shows, you know, not just in your history and everything you shared with me, but I imagine it, it shows in your work. And I can tell in just our conversation, like how you are a very, very present purposeful, joyful person. And so it, it's just really nice to speak with someone like you. It, it just, you know, it makes my Friday, <laughs> I think is what I'm saying. And yeah. And so uh, Same again, you've got a, you've got a great personality, a great light about you. So I appreciate that. Thank that's you. one of the reasons when we first started kind of connecting together, I thought, all right, I'd like to j- talk to Jen a oh, bit more. Thanks. So it's the yeah. ring light. <laughs> trying to like not get in my glasses but anyway you know kyle as we start to wrap up here you know our community or our show is really speaking to our military retirees our career service members like basically the people that are you know two to three years away from transitioning into the civilian world to those who just got out and looking back at your journey in your life and where you're at today is there any any like lessons that you want to share with our community, whether they become an entrepreneur or not. Yeah. One thing that just comes to mind as you're just saying that, I just say, figure out that good balance in your life. I mean, I got, I've got three kids, got a wife, mm-hmm. got to make time for them. Yeah. But I've always enjoyed having what a lot of people might call like a side hustle. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to generate money, mm-hmm. but it's something that you're learning and growing from. So I do real estate investing as well on the side. Mm-hmm. It's been a little bit less since starting my company because I didn't know like six months into me working, I'll never forget like at the end of like basically graduating from the Rosie Network, I was like, man, we are not making much money. Like, I don't know <laughs> the world, like, what I get myself into a little bit more. I'm listening to a video from Elon Musk that like talked about like, yeah, usually like month four or five is like where the depression Dude. kicks in where you're just like, what did I do? Our product's not as good. It's not selling as well as we thought. There's all these other things. And so there was kind of that like gut check time. Mm. And it was nice because I was doing a little bit of real estate investing and then ultimately transcend. I was just working really, really hard at it. And then ultimately, whew, it just started blowing up mm. and I'm hiring people and we're just like, go, 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 go. Yeah. And everything's been working out. I just feel really blessed in that way. And I think it was all part of the Lord's timing and figuring out like that. He wants to drive us through some hard times, mm. which are really good, that make us more resilient. The military does a great job of teaching you resilient. So as people look at transitioning on from the military and doing that, like you've got a lot more grit, you've got a lot more resilient than you think. So go for it, go figure out something that you want to do that makes you feel happy, that, that makes you feel fulfilled, whether it is attached to money or not, go do those things. Because ultimately, whether you find a job that you transition to, and it might not be everything you want. I know a lot of people that are very fulfilled that they go, yeah, my job's okay, mm-hmm. but I really like doing this. And I like spending my extra time doing that or thinking about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very, very important. Ultimately, you have to provide for your family and provide for your need. And my hope is that you can find the balance of finding a job that pays you to do that. But if you can't, stay engaged, have something active going on there that you're learning and growing from. Yeah, I think that's great advice. I've definitely had projects in the past where they were not making money at all. And, you know, they get to a point where I sort of feel bad about it. But then I think, well, I'm learning something from this. And if anything, it's giving me a creative outlet to eventually 
you know, whatever I learn from it, I can apply it into the business I have today or whatever else comes my way. So I do appreciate you sharing that detail. And, you know, hopefully anyone hearing that doesn't feel bad about whatever hobby they had going on for a while and not monetizing it, you know, <laughs> but it's yeah, still feeding into something. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, I do want to add one other thing was because we had this conversation about mortgages. Did, yeah. Is that worth mentioning? Yeah, yeah, please. Because, you know, we're looking at moving actually down to southern Utah and mm. in St. George, Utah. Mm-hmm. And uh, plug for Utah. Utah is an awesome state for business-wise. And then we got five national parks here. Mm. It's, it's fantastic. But we're looking at moving down there. And it's been a really funny thing. So if, you know, some of the people in your audience are, are looking at like, oh, I'm going to go start my own company. And then we're going to move and we're going to do all this other stuff. You don't realize what a W-2 job does, you know, of hiring on from another company. And, you know, in the tax world, they call it a W-2. How important that is, because ultimately, if right now our company is just two years old, but I don't have two years of tax records Mm -hmm. for the company yet, I can't go to a bank. I can't go to any bank. It doesn't matter how much money I made last year. A bank does not care about that at all, unless you're just buying the house with cash, Mm -hmm. which we're we're not going to be doing that. But you're uh, an entrepreneur. If you started your own company and you do not have W-2 income tax-wise, banks are not going to lend out to you. So as you think about that, either go find that home first and (laughs) and show them, hey, I got a W-2 job and yeah, I'm getting paid this much. And yeah, you might be transitioning the next month or two or whatever, three. That's something to keep in mind. On the other side, if you're going, oh, I'm going to go start my own company, get comfy wherever you're at, go rent, go wherever you need to go to do that because- it's going to be at least two years mm. until any bank will qualify you to be able to get a mortgage. So something to keep in mind. And that's one thing that we're going through is waiting for this calendar year of 2023 to be done with, to have our tax records and then potentially move here in the future. Awesome. Cool. So if you're going to start a business venture, stay put for at least two years and make profit for at least two years before you consider yep. moving or buying a home. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Kyle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you here on Holding Down the Forts. I want to thank you again so much for your time. Any final, final thing you want to share? I just want to make sure that you have said everything you wanted to say on our show today. No, I think that's about it. I think ultimately, I just want to encourage your audience. I mean, as they're going through transition lives, again, just want to reiterate, they have skills, they have talent, yeah. they have so much to offer. It's just figuring out what, what do you want to go do? And I just encourage everybody to go do that you're going to make a big difference in the world if you want to do that. Mm. And if I can be of any support or any help, I know right here on our little podcasting, it just has my first name, but Kyle Adair, A-D-A-I-R. Find me on LinkedIn, find me on social media. Would love to be a support, a cheerleader for that any way that I can. Wonderful. Well, Kyle, thank you. Thank you so much again for your time. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. So with that said, thank you all for listening and we'll chat with you in the next episode and the next time. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now.
right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking around in the post commentary of Kyle's conversation. I really felt compelled to answering this question, as I had mentioned at the beginning of the announcements, mainly because and, and let me repeat the question again. How much do you think one's background, like growing up in a military family and living in multiple countries, influences their approach to entrepreneurship and leadership? And having been raised in a military household, you know, for the first decade of my life, and then becoming a Gold Star family member to, you know, now 20 years later, jumping back into the military community with my husband and our company, US Vet Wealth, and obviously with this podcast show, Holding Out the Forts by US Vet Wealth, I would say, <laughs> I would say that one's background makes all the difference in my approach in entrepreneurship and leadership. I think because of having moved around a number of times as a kid, to having to grow up really quickly after the loss of my father when I was only 10 years old. You know, it was really interesting. I, I, I remember the early stages, like, like I remember early on in my young adult years, while I was still in college, that I had this feeling that I was meant for something different. I just didn't know the name to it. And long and behold, I was introduced to direct sales and I got a better understanding of the word business. And I thought, oh, you know, my life is not designed, my personal life, I'm just talking my own personal opinion as a former military kid, you know, my life was not designed for the nine to five. It's designed for business. It's designed for entrepreneurship. And, you know, I have been self-employed for 13 years now at this point. I've ran three businesses that I'm proud to tell you about. I'm not going to tell you all the other ones <laughs> that I'm willing to talk about. This is my third business endeavor. And this is definitely going to be here to stay. I feel very confident about it, primarily because, you know, the first two business endeavors I did, I kind of felt like I had to do everything on my own. And I'm just generalizing it. There's more to that story. But fast forward to today, what makes it different? What makes this business different? U.S. Vet Wealth that I've been fortunate to be a part of for, I don't know, six, seven years now. <laughs> it's been quite some time is the fact that I get to do it with people I really care about. Like I get to run it with my husband and I have a team that we absolutely love and we look out for each other. So I think that having a more, you know, like a collaborative mindset and a team mindset has definitely been the difference for me. But anyway, I think that, you know, being able to adapt and to learn how to fit in very quickly and learn how to pivot is definitely a lot of those things I experienced as a kid and even even life after that, even the civilian world, because even though we had physically settled in San Diego, California, my family and I, after the loss of my dad, I didn't mentally settle, you know, like I went to two different elementary schools, even once we moved there. And then, you know, even before I could catch my breath, I went to middle school and then I ended up going to two different high schools. And so I think the longest I felt like I stayed anywhere was college. And I was actually there for five years. I was on the I was on the super senior plan, as a, a lot of my friends would call it. I was a super senior because I was there for five years. And I think that's the longest I felt like I had stayed anywhere. And I think that's why I stayed for an extra year, because I really enjoyed college. But I just remember being introduced to direct sales and recognizing like, oh, no wonder I, I never felt comfortable with the thought of like working a nine to five with benefits and all that stuff. I think part of it is because like, I think I'm just internally restless. I think I have this internal clock that, you know, for every, for every number of years, I want to do something different. I want to add something different to my plate. You know, just having that flexibility and that freedom to explore what else I can do, or if I do want to switch things up, having that flexibility, I think has definitely has been inspired by my upbringing and why I think that, you know, entrepreneurship 
is very fitting for my own personal lifestyle. So anyway, that is my one answer I will share for now. I feel like I should just do this for upcoming episodes because I otherwise I say, hey, this is a placeholder for you to check out the podcast portal. <laughs> um, speaking of which, check out the podcast portal, holdingonthefortpodcast.com forward slash portal. And it'd be great to have you on there. Would love to engage with you on there. Or if you have any questions, any questions that people ask me nowadays, I'm going to be dumping it there about podcasting, about, you know, maybe my working relationship with the Rosie Network or my, you know, what I do with US Vet Wealth. It's all going to be there. We all have a ton of free resources. You know, if you don't like it, if you don't like free stuff, which if there's anything I know about the military community, we love free stuff. But if you don't like free stuff, you could always just leave. Like you could always just sign out. You can log out. You can deactivate your account. No big deal. But if you do like free stuff or if you're listening to this and you're like, you know what, you know, I want to see what this is about. Just check it out. Holding down the fort podcast.com forward slash portal portal like podcast portal. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening. And I will chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.